Welcome to Evan Makovsky's podcast, where we interview business leaders, top flight executives from major companies. And it is my pleasure on this episode to have Patrick McElroy join. He's the director of external communications at Black and Veatch. And Patrick, I know you got back on the road. You've been, you know, mixing it up a little bit post-pandemic. How is life for you at Black and Veatch? Well, first of all, Evan, thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here and uh, take part of the program. Um, it is it is a really exciting time at Black and Veatch. As, as you mentioned, I took my first business trip uh, since January of 2020, and it was really exciting to kind of get back on the road to meet with thought leaders and some some organizations that are doing some really exciting stuff in the energy space down and down in Washington DC. So um, really enjoyed the trip. It was good to see people that I'm not related to um, and look forward <laughs> to more of it. Why don't you uh, tell everybody for those who don't know what Black and Beach does or are unfamiliar with the company, uh, I know they're in energy, water, telecommunications. Why don't you take the ball here and put in layman's terms what Black & Veatch does? Yeah, that's thanks for the tee up there. So Black & Veatch is a, a global engineering procurement and construction company. Uh, we also do consulting. And, and what that really means is that we focus on those markets you outlined, the big, heavy infrastructure markets. These are these are things that you you use every day, you know, power grids, water treatment facilities, telecommunications networks, but you don't often think about. So we are, we have been involved in the engineering construction space for more than a century and really focused on a lot of work with, with utilities. And now what we're seeing is that we're, a lot of the skill sets and capabilities that we have are increasingly being used and looked at by companies in the Fortune 1000 as they look at things like sustainability, decarbonization, you know, resilience and climate change adaptation. That's the type of company that we are. You have been with Black & Veatch for just under a decade. Why don't you tell everybody what your day-to-day -day job functions are for uh, Black & Veatch's head of external communications? Sure, Evan. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that, and I, I think a lot of people say it, but I'm not sure everybody means it, but every day is really different for me and, and my team. You know, in the morning, I can be looking at things related to electric vehicle charging infrastructure. And in the afternoon, it can be water treatment and, and uh, the deployment of private communications networks. My team focuses on reputation management, the development of our thought leadership program, which ties into overall brand building. Uh, we lead the media relations effort. And, you know, these are just some of the functions that, that we engage in on an everyday and I'm part of. But I think one of the things that I actually have to do most on a day-to-day -day basis is focus on both learning and uh, team development. You know, if you look at the markets that we're involved in and the services that we offer, uh, I was a medieval history major. Uh, I was not an engineer. And so the, the, the learning curve has been, you know, has been steep and continues to be steep because there's a lot of transformation that happened in our space. Um, you know, increasingly we're seeing that that the the forces that shape our organization 
and shape our activities and the market opportunities we have, you know, many of them are external to, to who we are. So you have things like climate, you have political winds, you have environmental and, and business market forces like, you know, shareholder pressures and things like that. Um, so you really can't be the leader of a global communications organization and and be as that is as diverse as we are without a working really closely with a team and and i think i have one of the best teams in the business and then really trying to stay on top of what are some of the the mega trends and those macro level forces that are reshaping the world that we live in how did your duties patrick change you mentioned you just had your first travels since January of 2020, and that's pretty par for the course, but how did your work duties change and not just the work from home for the company, but uh, what changed for the company during the pandemic? You know, Evan, it's a, it's a really good question because, you know, as the, as somebody who's typically focused on external communications, when the pandemic hit, and, you know, Black & Veatch was one of, I would say, the earlier companies in the U.S. that really had to deal with the impacts of COVID-19 from a communications perspective. Um, we got our first media call on March 2nd of 2020. And if you, if you look back at some of the timelines, um, the first fatality that was initially recorded in the U.S. was on February 28th. Um, so, so it was only a few days later and our phone was ringing, you know, we're, you're a global organization. What is there, is there, are there things happening? What, what's going on with you, with your company? And so we had to really kind of go into a, a mode where our internal communications and external communications were really well synced up because people were scared. And so for, for the next few weeks uh, in particular, we, we worked very collaboratively with the internal communications team. Um, we were very, very proactive in reaching out to local media in the Kansas City area. And I have to say that that one thing that really surprised me from from that whole experience during during the initial phases of of the pandemic was how collegial and cooperative uh, the Kansas City media was during this period. You know, just about every news editor that we spoke to or every reporter that called and and was looking for information. Um, they really shared their own unease with what was going on in in their world, uh, and and I would say that they were rooting for us. Um, in a, in in the, that when we did start to have professionals that that were testing positive, they were really hoping that it was kind of a more of a minor inconvenience, but not something that was going to um, be big or have serious consequences for our staff or for the local community. So, you know, it's 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 really hard to look back at that time and say, um, you know, just how much uncertainty there was. And so how closely synced up we had to be, you know, across all of our teams, you know, I think to the second part of your question on how did it change? You know, we, we, again, were pretty aggressive in terms of moving to a remote workforce. And again, that, that, that forced us to be more reliant on technology in a way that we never had before. So, um, you know, teams became our best friend and the ability to use and, and use teams in both the video capability and the, um, you know, conference line capability to maintain relationships was absolutely critical. Um, and really, I, I still work from from home pretty much every day. So um, that reliance on technology was was a major difference that, that continues even to this moment.
for full disclosure, Black & Veatch is a, uh, not just a Kansas City company, but it's headquartered in Overland Park, Kansas, and that's why you're referencing the Kansas City media, but you're out of New York, so why don't you tell everybody about Black & Veatch's reach nationally, globally, etc.? Sure. Well, I also bring up Kansas City because I seem to remember that you spent some time out there. So, um, you know, here we are in, in the New York office where I work is located uh, right in the center of Midtown. We we work very closely with the financial community, um, you know, looking at the um, I would say the the market dynamics around renewable energy in particular. Um, for me, when when the pandemic hit. It, it was really crazy. I, I I remember going into the city in in late March after the shutdown had happened, and it really felt like I was in a scene from The Walking Dead. Ghost town, um, ghost town. I was there last ju- last July. I walked around Times Square, and literally, you know, this is one of the most major tourist attractions in the entire world. And I walked through Times Square, uh, obviously with a mask and whatnot, but y- you could go one, two, three, four, and there were probably you know a couple hundred people versus thousands, but I could have counted how many people were in Times Square. It was surreal. When you, saw, when you talk about New York City, it was a ghost town. Evan, I made it from my house to in in Ossining, New York, about 25 miles north of the city, to um, the corner of 42nd Fifth Avenue in 37 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is unprecedented. So, um, yeah, it's 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 really, you know, that whole experience was something that uh, I'll never forget it. You know, and I really hope that I never have to repeat it. How does that stack up? And we're talking with Patrick McElroy. I'm Evan Makovsky on my podcast uh, with great, great business leaders for major companies. And how does this stack up for you, this pandemic, doing external communications as a career challenge in your life? You know, it's a, it's a really good question because I, I don't think I necessarily have a, a, a perfect parallel. I, I'm not sure anybody really does. But, um, you know, I was thinking about this and, and the closest thing I could compare it to was the ricin scare on Capitol Hill back in the 2001, 2002 mm-hmm. period. And so obviously I was a much younger person and it was much earlier in my career. Uh, I had very, very little experience with crisis communications. I had I had you know started uh, my career out in the West coast doing hospitality and tech PR. And so I, I would, I would probably classify myself as fairly naive. I didn't realize that when, when reporters were reaching out to, to us, that they weren't just looking for information to provide to the public, but they were also looking to make a story. So I I was working uh, just off Capitol Hill, for the National Governors Association, and um, it was a really scary time because you know every every envelope that came into the building, um, you know, had to be inspected, and there were scares, and it was you know we had to leave and shut the office down a couple of times, and it was um, it was it, there was a tremendous sense of unease, and and I think that's probably the closest parallel that I've 
I've ever felt uh, to to working through the pandemic. I mean, the only difference that I can think of right off the bat, and I'm not trying to debate you, is that rice and yeah. scare went on for I don't know a couple of weeks, maybe two months. <laughs> but this but this pandemic, uh, on some level, is still going on, and so we're whatever we're at 17 months, whatever it is. So uh, certainly uh, the duration is a lot longer here. Yes, agreed. It go, goes without saying, you know, I, th I think, you know, we are still in it. And, you know, you look at the you look at the rates of infection and, um, you know, the impact on workplaces, you know, like many organization, I have neighbors and, and we, we talk. Uh, there is some question as to whether or not the, the plans that many people had to go back in September are going to remain in place or if they're going to have to be adjusted based on, you know, the data. So, yeah, again, I, I totally agree with you. Not exactly uh, an apples to apples comparison, but uh, as far as as far as that sense of unease about the you know the workforce or the time you're in, um, I, I again, it's you really have to go back into the into the wayback machine to go back to the 21, 2001 timeframe. Um, but but that just that that sense of oof, you know, foreboding, it, it was really omnipresent. Patrick, uh, you mentioned your background, and like I said, you've been with Black & Beach for nearly a decade, but looking in your CV, if I can use that term, you worked for Cablevision. <laughs> I grew up in yeah. Connecticut. You worked uh, for Comcast Cable. You did PR for the Distilled Spirits Council. So how did you end up at Black & Beach and in that vertical? You know, I, I, a series of happy coincidences, to put it to put it mildly. Um, I started out in communications out in Seattle during what I would say is the height of the tech boom around 1998, and I was there for three years. I learned a ton about uh, fiber and software startups, and uh, you know, one of the most hilarious dot coms that um, that was never going to take off, but there was, you know, they were, they were still getting class A and class B funding. Um, so I, 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 I describe this. So I was in Seattle, my whole family like you is from the East coast. And I, I decided that I wanted to kind of move back and be a little closer to, to the gang. Um, I was in DC working for the National Governors Association, switched over to the Distilled Spirits Council, which um, I had been a bartender and had done the, um, you know, hospitality PR out in Seattle. And, and it was just kind of a near and dear subject to me. And then through, through a series of events, I wound up working for an old boss from the West Coast who lured me to work for Comcast. I, I got engaged to my now wife. Uh, that lured me up to the New York metro area. And you know, I had always been fascinated by the role of infrastructure, even if I didn't know what the word was. You know, I was one of those kids that looked out at the the road pavers and, and thought they were, uh, you know, amazing. I grew up near a big nuclear power plant on Long Island and so was exposed to the passions, you know, both positive and negative uh, about energy production and grid stability. Um, so the, all of these things were sort of percolating in the back of my head. And I saw this opportunity to come up um, to, to apply for a job with Black & Beach. And, you know, frankly, I didn't hear from them for, for months. Um, 
And then one night, it was a Sunday night. I remember I got this note saying like, Hey, you know, can you, can you meet with this guy um, in Times Square tomorrow morning for breakfast? And I was living in, in, uh, on the other side of Westchester County at the time. I said, no, you know, I, I, I'm not going into Midtown. You know, I, I was working out on Long Island at the time. And they said, well, what about the next morning? And I, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that either. So, um, wound up, I met with my, my future boss at the time, uh, at LaGuardia airport. And it was kind of a convenient thing for me to get to work. It was a, you know, he was flying out and it, it must've been the most hectic day in the history of that airport. There were leaks, uh, in the ceiling, there were people running around and we did this interview that was supposed to be about 20 minutes and two hours later, um, he said, Hey, I, I really got, I'm going to miss my flight. Uh, so can you meet with my boss? And next thing I know, you know, I was joining the team as, as the PR rep, basically from the Boston to DC corridor. And over time, my portfolio went from that area to leading the national team to adding South Africa and then a, a global portfolio. And it's been, it's just been a great ride so far. Is the playbook the same as far as, doing communications obviously you have to learn different subject matter but as far as you know the core playbook doing external communications whether it's for a cable company or a company like black and veach or a hospitality company there's different mm -hmm. audiences all that being built in though but is it the same skill set the same tenets of the job you know i really think it is uh the there are certain things that you use more of in each function and in each company type, you know, when you were working with cable in the cable industry, you know, it's, 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 it, it stirs a lot of passion in people. Um, I don't think anybody has ever gotten a, a bill from their cable provider and said, hooray. Um, and yet it's, it's, it's a, it's an incredibly valuable part of our society and, you know, people rely on, on their services a great deal. Um, I think t being able to tell stories that resonate with people is, is absolutely critical. And whether that's around, you know, new product offerings or the menu change, or whether that's, you know, providing information about, um, you know, incidents that might impact their service or, or commutes home, things like that. So there's, there are definitely uh, similarities between and across all of the the different types of organizations that I've worked with, um, I will say that that probably the most exciting thing that I'm experiencing now is is the acceleration of what what I call convergence between the communications function and the marketing function. You know, historically, in in some instances, I would say you know the PR team was over on the right side of the building and the marketing guys were on the left side of the building. And you might have a meeting once a week where you kind of you know talked here or there, um, and and or got your mar marching orders to go out and this is what you're going to try to promote. Um, but now we're really really much more integrated and and the two functions are are both centered on you know providing the right information to the right people at the right time where they can action it. And so it makes for um, you know, a lot of learning on my part, 
Um, I, you know, like, as I mentioned, I'm a medieval history major. I did not study marketing in college. And so, um, I'm really fortunate to have a couple of folks on our team who are, are incredibly patient and great teachers. What is your greatest skill? And I want you to, to put humble in the drawer here for a moment. What is your greatest skill as a communicator? Hmm. Well, um, putting humble aside, you know, this is a, this is a great question because it really, it, it, it makes me think, uh, about a, a lot of different things. You know, I think I have people on my team, let me, not, not, I don't think I have people on my team that are better writers than I am and faster writers and smarter, um, and more creative. And in, in each of those capacities, um, they bring things to the table that I don't. And I think what, where I've been successful is recognizing that you don't have to be the best at everything. Um, what you have to be good at is, is pulling greatness out of other people. Um, Evan, I, you know, medieval history major on one side, I was, a I was a high jumper on another side and, um, you know, not exactly your glamour sports, but, but what it, in a sense, what, what track and field can do that maybe some other sports, you know, swimming, gymnastics are probably like that when they're a little bit more individual, you get to spend some time with people that, that are, that, that can really shape your life. And so I was very fortunate to have some great coaches in, in my day. Um, you know, my, my high school coach was a, was a guy who was a long distance runner and, and just a, an energy ball, but, uh, a really great influence on, on me. And then, you know, interestingly enough, my college track coach was a shot putter, you know, so he was about 300 pounds and I was six foot four and 165. <laughs> um, you know, we were, we, we didn't look anything alike, but he, you know, he, he really was a great mentor for me in, in so many ways. Um, and I've tried to apply that with my team, you know, how can, how can I give them the resources that they need to be successful so that we can be successful? And, I, I would say that if, if anything, um, I, I can be a pretty good cheerleader, you know, when, when things get heavy, I, I try to keep things light and, uh, and really try to work hard with my people to, um, you know, as, as my dad would say, be interesting and interested, you know, you want to be interesting in what you're thinking about, you know, and, and your life experiences and how you can apply them to the, to the job. And you want to be interested in what you're doing, because I will be honest about, you know, the infrastructure space there are times when it can be really, really dry. And if you can't figure out a way to kind of self-motivate or I can't, you know, help you be motivated, um, man, you, you can come across some things that are, um, uh, they're definitely not the most exciting. I'm sure your bosses at Black and Veatch want to say you're going to be there forever and going to retire and going to go on and on and on and, keep uh, spreading your wonderful skills around the company, but what does the future hold for Patrick McElroy professionally, personally? Uh, I, I, it seems obviously you've been nine years in a job. You're, you're going strong, but uh, tell me what's on your mind for down the road. Well, you know, Evan, my, I have twins that are 11 and, uh, they are, they are, they just finished fifth grade. They're looking at sixth in the fall. And, 
that is something that, you know, one takeaway from the pandemic is that the opportunity to have spent more time with them has been, you know, a real blessing. So when you, when you think about, you know, as, as many challenges as, you know, we faced, you know, people that have passed, passed on or gotten really sick, um, you know, there, there is that sort of light at the end of the tunnel or bright spot in this, in this whole period. Um, you know, as far as, as far as work goes, there's never been a period of transformation uh, in the in the heavy infrastructure in these core infrastructure markets like there is right now. The role of technology is transforming how electricity is, you know, the, the entire spectrum from energy production through its use. Um, you're seeing megatrends like, you know, again, sustainability, decarbonization, you know, the the increasing desire to electrify everything, um, you know, adapting to climate change. You know, these are all services that that, that Black & Veatch is involved in and working with clients to address. And so for me, you know, <laughs> I, pro- I probably shouldn't say this because, you know, my bosses are listening. But, you know, I, I really I love what I get to do because it's just so interesting. And so. Now again, we're 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 working towards uh, a greater convergence and and uh, of the, of the communications and marketing function. So there's there's just a ton of opportunity for for me and my team um, to continue to grow, continue to learn, and and continue to develop our skills and and new skills. And um, you know, for me, that's really good because if I get bored, I generally get in trouble. Patrick McElroy, Director of External Communications for Black & Veatch. It's been a pleasure talking to you, hearing your story, your success story, and uh, we appreciate your time, or I appreciate your time. I, singular. (laughs) Evan, thanks so much. This was a pleasure. All right, and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks to Patrick McElroy.